the Bayou City, known for its southern food and hospitality. Houston is a city that vows to never leave you hungry. This is the radio show powered by food. Gross. Live from the ACU of Texas Studios in Clear Lake, this is Still Hungry with your host, Chef Brantley Still. Today we are live, and I've got an awesome chef in the studio, and I can just almost, almost smell the smoke (laughs) already. We're going to get to him in just a second. Hey, I want to give a shout out and thanks to our sponsor this morning. Again, I'm always honored to thank the company that I work for, Bayou City Event Center. Bayou City Event Center is the largest privately owned event venue in Houston. You know, we do all kinds of events, but we also have a great reputation for our culinary department. We have our own interior uh, catering department. And um, if you've got an event coming up, if you're looking to do a party or a fundraiser, any kind of a a big event of any scale for that matter, up to 1,500 guests we can handle, we would love to meet with you. We'd love to talk to you about what your thoughts and uh, goals are. Put a menu together, put all that food ideas together along with an amazing facility. We're located at 9401 Knight Road in Houston, Texas. You can also find us at BayouCityEventCenter.com or call us at 281-501-6720. And now on with the show. Today we've got in the uh, studio with us a good friend of mine, uh, a young man that I've uh, known for quite a while. I've been privileged to watch him come up in the industry and to uh, hone and polish his talents, to sharpen his knives. And he comes from a long history of family smoke, family barbecue, that is. This uh, Today we've got in the studio with us Chef Ben Kitty. Ben, say hello to everybody. Good morning, guys. How's everybody doing? Man, it is good to have you in the studio, and I'm I'm thrilled and excited about the things that you've got coming up in the near future. So we're uh, this is going to be kind of a sneak peek for everybody. Yes. I've been watching you on Facebook and uh, looking at the pictures and kind of, my, I have to admit, I, I had a little, like, uh, uh, equipment envy when I was watching your pictures <laughs> of your uh, barbecue uh, pits, your smokers coming was, into yeah. the facility. Those things are some hosses, man. Yeah, they are, they are bad to the bone, literally yeah. smoke to the bone. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. But this first segment uh, of the show today, I just want folks to get to kind of know you like I know you. Uh, before the show, we were taking a few notes kind of about where you're coming from. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to crack the lid on this and tell them that, uh, Ben, you are working towards and partnering with some family members to do a brand new hotspot barbecue location. What's the name of that place going to be uh, so everybody be, can be watching? Uh, it'll be a Hickory Barn Barbecue. It'll be out in Richmond, Texas. Uh, and I, I wrote down here when we were talking earlier, you, I'm going to go ahead and throw out the ad, uh, address here All so right. people can start kind of getting a feel for where you're going to be. I'm sure the people in the area have been watching the construction and yeah. wondering what's coming what's coming there but it's going to be hickory barn barbecue located at uh, 1836 fm 359 that's in richmond uh, richmond texas 77469 you'll have to kind of watch and follow on facebook um, can they watch you on facebook to get details absolutely. on that absolutely i know you and i talked to your social media stuff is in the works you working mm-hmm. with a guy if somebody outside going to build all that for you yeah. so they'll be able to follow you on instagram and all that kind of thing at some point but and right I, now i'll be posting too for sure. yeah uh, uh, right now we just wanted folks to start smelling the smoke in the air yeah. and get a, get hungry yeah. this is that radio show still hungry so uh, the next thing I guess I really want to do is just let's just talk to the folks about who you are and where you've come from. Now, I've known you for years. I mean, one of the first things you and I did together sort of indirectly, and we're going to hit on this, too, because you and I kind of have followed s- a similar paths here and there with some of our job experiences. Yep. But down in Alvin, Texas is where I met you at. Where are you presiding now? Are you back in the city now? Uh, right now, I'm actually working uh, at Victory Camp. Uh, okay, so you're in Alvin. Yeah, yes, yes, sir. And I think we're going to touch on how that happened with the hurricane and how that affected you and your transit actually back home here. But yeah. what a wonderful thing that's turned out to be. So yeah. for folks that don't know, down in Alvin, Texas, there's an amazing church down there, a church called Living Stones. And across the street from the church, for years, they have hosted a place called Victory Camps, one of the coolest kids' camps uh, that I've ever been to. They just recently did the Christmas train. Yeah. I don't know how many year anniversary that is of the Christmas train, I'm not, but I'm not sure either. I mean, like half a million lights. It's amazing. Yeah. They they get thousands and thousands of people come through. But the cool thing is that when all the fanfare is gone, it's about kids. But yeah. kids have to eat. 
Oh yeah, and, and so they, and they eat and they <laughs> eat a lot. They eat a lot. They eat a lot, and they're picky. So you yeah. you know you got to try to feed them healthy, but you got to feed them cool stuff that they like. Tell us about that. So what are you doing there right now? You're just helping them finish up the season. Well, yeah, right now we're uh, we're trying to break everything down uh, from the Christmas tree and all the decorations and the lights and all the outside stuff. Um, so that's what they're in the, we're in the process of doing now, and then basically getting ready for retreats that come through. We'll have a women's retreat. We've got uh, we're actually, we actually talked about summertime yesterday about getting camp ready and who we're going to fill the spots with. So we're already full for, for summer camp. That's so. fantastic. What do the numbers range like? Because, I mean, you and I kind of are, at least for the moment, we're sort of in the same gig where we feed mm-hmm. masses. We oh, feed yeah. large numbers in this case. So if you're doing everything from a, a small retreat, maybe a ladies' retreat there in the camp kitchens. And, by the way, mm-hmm. the camp kitchens, don't let that sound like small, like, oh, it's oh, yeah. camp. This is, no, this is a massive, beautiful is. facility. I love it. I, do you remember how many acres the camp is? It's got a lake and go, uh, go-kart track. Yeah, and, I'm, not, I'm not really entirely sure. But it's acres. Honestly. It falls under oh, yeah. multiple, multiple acres. It sleeps hundreds. The the barracks there do. Mm-hmm. I call them barracks. barracks. My Marine Corps experience <laughs> of barracks. What are they called? Uh, dorms. Dorms. The There's dormitories. Dorms. There we go. But they've got an amazing uh, hall, a main food hall that's used for concerts and entertainment and all that but it becomes like it just instantly becomes the main chow hall the main cafeteria there and they can feed what do you do in big numbers there uh on a anywhere from 13 to 1400 meals a day of kids primarily primarily and that's pretty challenging because the camps will range anywhere from 150 kids all the way up to 350 there's times where we will have so many campers that our staff members have to go and like sleep off off property somewhere at someone's house. Oh, that's awesome! And though. it gets packed, so it gets. Uh, but that's that's fun for me. I love all that. It's, yeah. it's it's exciting. What's a typical menu look like for something like that? I mean, if we're talking um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I'm supposing. Oh right? yeah, oh yeah. Breakfast uh, on those those good good first mornings use like scrambled eggs, biscuits and gravy, sausage. There's cereal. There's fruit. We have, we make sure there's juice. There's coffee. And there's it's not it's not just some old dried up piece of egg, you know, <laughs> no, on a biscuit. You know, it's, I've it's, ate it's there. Legit. I've helped. It's it's good. Um, burgers, French fries, chicken nuggets. I mean, we'll do hot dogs, lunches, ham and cheese croissants, and tomato soup and things like that. I know we've done stuff too in the past there when I was volunteering down there in the kitchen. We did actual fine dining stuff for several events. Oh, yeah. Some of the big Valentine events. And yeah. uh, because the church is associated with a Christian school right there, they don't mm-hmm. officially do a prom, but they do sort of another event that they've yes. had there with yes. a formal meal. And I know you and I have both helped out with those in the past. So a very, very comparable kitchen to a big, any other big oh, commercial yeah. space. Easy. When you talk those kind of numbers, then, you know, people are like, well, how does that translate to a local restaurant? But you just can't imagine the experience level. Actually, it's to me, it's kind of the what do you do on the fly experience? Because yeah. when you are under that kind of pressure, to feed, and in this case here, you're, and you're trying to feed. make sure you have enough. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. I'm calculating how many kids, how many, how many eggs does a kid eat? You yeah. know, how much bacon, all oh, of that gosh. stuff, all of that stuff. And plus, you, you, this is going to tie right into our later conversation about the restaurants. We always like to talk. Almost every chef I've had on the show, we want to talk a little bit about the economics of the restaurant. We want to talk a little bit about the reality of being an entrepreneur and being an, an owner manager of a restaurant the fine line margins. The other side of that is the being responsible, being, you know, a good steward of the product and of the money that you're exactly. spending or that your guests in this case, yeah. the students are spending because you have to be able to repurpose some of those things and not have a lot of waste. Yeah. And yeah, I did it, that a couple of times this summer. And keep kiddos happy yeah. at the same time, which is kind of a cool deal. It's sort of a ministry in and of itself for you, I guess. Yeah. Actually one morning I made a we do the biscuits. I know you've seen the biscuits already and they're oh, yeah. great they're great tasting Butter biscuits. biscuits. They're yeah. so delicious. And so we had a bunch left over. I was like, what would I, I do with this? And I ended up making a, a bread pudding with them. Oh, fantastic. You know, See, you there you go. egg and milk and everything. And, Cinnamon and, there, and, there and they loved sugar, it. butter, all that stuff. You know? That's awesome. So it was just one of those things. That's one of those things. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of that stuff and those experiences have come from little tidbits of information you picked yeah. up over the years. Oh, yeah. You learn a lot. I, I keep laying all these little seeds because we're going to go back and talk about them in the other segments. But one of the things you and I talked about a little bit. Now, I knew you had been to culinary school, but I did not realize that you had been to and graduated from Alvin Community College college which mm-hmm. interestingly enough we had your instructor we had yeah. the uh the head chairman of the whole uh, department for alvin community college on not too terribly long ago chef bartok oh, yeah. and my good friend uh, chef pat from southern lace catering yeah. also a graduate as a matter of fact you said you guys had yeah, we been were, together there but oh, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that too a little bit All coming right. up 
But let's rewind the clock a little bit. Um, barbecue seems to just be in your blood. And yes, sir. where did that come from? Talk to me, you know, pick a point before these, you know, we have these mile markers on, on, the, on my notes here about mm-hmm. places you've worked. But talk to me from a family perspective. Where did all of this start? How did it start? Where uh, were you even living? I wasn't even born yet. It was 1953. You know, it was 1953, and uh, my oldest, the oldest uncle, uh, they're from Mississippi, and he came over here and just decided to open up a place. He did that. Uh, I do believe he hired. That's when he hired my mother. My mother was 18 years old, um, and then I think her sister. He went back. Was it barbecue? Oh, it was barbecue. All, yes, sir. All all all, yeah. all that long ago started mm-hmm. off barbecue in the family. Yeah, he went back and uh, grabbed the rest of his brothers. Of course, my father was one of them, and uh, at some point. They all had one. You know, wow. That, that's how they grew. Um, and Was Mississippi barbecue any different than Texas barbecue from that standpoint? You know what? I, I don't know, honestly. I don't know what I don't know what's going through his mind whenever he came over. I don't know if it was like, I, need to, I just want to go to Texas, yeah. or I'm going to go to Texas and open a restaurant, or I'm going to go to Texas and I'm going to open a barbecue restaurant. I'm guessing, so, you know, regionally, you know, we've got like Carolina barbecue sauce. We've got mm-hmm. Texas barbecue sauce. You've got regional type barbecues. All, mm-hmm. Nothing's as good as Texas barbecue, Come amen, on. right? Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> but That's as right. I talked to all of my different guests, um, you know, we had a lady here the other, the other uh, week, and she was talking to me about how her family came from a different state, mm-hmm. and they brought some of their flavors and their seasonings and all of that, and it sort of morphed into what she has yeah. here in her Texas version today. Yep. So I'm guessing a lot of that is the similar thing. The tricks of the trade, uh, seasonings, approaches to how they cook the to brisket, I'm guessing, in this yes. case, for the most part, right? Yes. But all of that translates from family, from the love and the, the fun and the heart and the soul that went yeah. into barbecue. Well, where did, where right where did you fall into all of this picture? Uh, man, I was, I don't know, I was 12 years old, and I wanted to go to work. And a uh, funny thing is, my, my cousin actually, instead of being in the restaurant, I remember it was like the middle of June or July, he put me behind the restaurant pulling weeds behind the restaurant. I guess he was just trying to test me, see what I was going to do. Dang, that's close. But and that's I not came even, in and I was just not even the kitchen. Yet, even, I wasn't even. I mean, I was cooking. <laughs> that's but not even dishwasher. I yet. wasn't cooking any food. My body was was roasted, you know. And I came in. I'm just sweaty. I guess he just wanted to see what, what you you're do? made of. Huh? Am I going to just complain all day long? And so yeah. So it started from there, man, and I ended up being a... I can't honestly say I've ever talked to anyone in the restaurant business that started outside of the building. Yeah. Most of us all started in the yeah. dish pit or taking trash yeah. or prepping or something. You actually started yeah. outside the building. Yeah, it was just those little Worked things. Worked your way and, in. Yeah, I guess... Um, and so I started washing dishes, and there you go, and uh, washing dishes. And just at the same time as I'm washing dishes, I'm paying attention to everything around me. And I'm just this 12, 13-year-old kid that would go to work on Saturday and Sunday getting paid... By my parents, so oh, yeah. they would they would pay my parents, and then my parents would give me fifteen bucks for working a ten hour day. Wow! And I thought I was rich. <laughs> Child you know? labor. Come on! <laughs> and uh, so the entire day I would go and I would watch Jesse make potato salad. Yeah, the salad. I mean, he's back there cutting tomatoes and doing everything fresh, right? And uh, watching the block man cut cut meat, watching the pit room, see what's going on around me, and gradually just kind of stepped up and moved into. I remember going to fry cook after that, and then again from there, from that perspective, you're at the very, very end, so you see everything down the line from the block man. You're getting the whole the, picture, getting everything. Yeah. So, and this is you were 12, you said at this. I was about 12. I just I 12, grew up 13, 12 somewhere started, that age. Just started growing. So you yeah. kind of gravitated towards the fact that number one, you were in it. The, this is the, what the family's doing, but mm-hmm. obviously you found an early love for that because the attraction of that. That's not easy work, brother. I'm I'm telling yeah. you, I know. That is not easy work to to go from those type of yeah. high intensity labor driven and people don't think about it this way but if your dish pit comes to a stop the whole restaurant yeah. comes to a stop so yeah. chefs that are listening out there you know this take care of your dishwashers you because start running out of forks then man, oh my gosh just one thing down the line keep your floor. cutting boards clean <laughs> your hotel pans are ready to go yeah so you moved up and you kind of felt that that mm, this might be what I want to do. Yeah. Was, yeah, food's, was, food's been my thing my entire life. Pretty so much. that was it. You kind of yeah. nailed down the path, and barbecue was an easy. Hey, this could be successful yeah. for me. Which, when we get to that point, you're going to see how all that ties together. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. But so the next step, and we're going to be going into commercial break here in just a couple minutes. We'll pick up on some of this stuff. But so you've gone from outside to inside, done the dish pit stuff, worked from there, started picking up 
kind of just absorbing the experiences in that kitchen. You mentioned the block man. What is that all about? And is uh, that, that's the guy that, that's cutting your your meat for your sandwich. You know, he's that's the guy, the guy huh? That's the guy with the blade with an actual knife, not the little that I just <laughs> was that your sound for electric cutting? That's right. It was sure right. was. That's exactly. Well, what listen, we're going to take a break. When we come back from that, I want to pick up on that. Hey, thanks right. for listening. You're listening to Still Hungry, and we'll be back in just a second. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, it's as easy as a phone call or email. Send it to Doug at VinylDraft.com, V-I-N-Y-L-D-R-A-U-G-H-T.com, or call 281-210-4608. Sorry, Doug's old and he refuses to text. Mmm, food. So good. Sorry, so hungry. Let's get back to the food, I mean show. The radio show powered by food. Still Hungry with Chef Brantley Still on Final Draft Radio. Radio done differently. All right. Hey, we are back in the studio in case you're just tuning in. We've got a great guy uh, in the studio with us. I'm learning. Ben, you get, you're going to have to laugh about this because <laughs> you have an experience of it. This whole thing's been a learning process, and it kills me because every time I say welcome back, I say in the kitchen today. Come on. No, we're not in the kitchen today. Yeah. We're in the studio. But, hey, I am in the studio with a great friend of mine, a talented young chef. His name is Chef Ben Kitty, and he's here with us today going to talk about an amazing launch of a new restaurant, a new hotspot barbecue joint. We're going to get that uh, to that in a minute, I should say. I'm getting the smoke all in my brain here. I'm getting the barbecue smoke, thinking about that brisket. But it's a Hickory Barn Barbecue. It's going to be down in Richmond, Texas. They've got the building going up. I was watching on Facebook. I saw the amazing smokers, the pits going in. And we're going to get to that in a minute. But when we left off, we kind of left off on a note of the block man. And i got to tell you, it 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 you know, automatically reminded me of so many different topics when it comes to the butcher block or chopping block, all the shows on TV, even they've t- taken that word block in. Yeah. It's become kind of the focal point of something of importance. But in your industry, in your family business in the barbecue, how important was that? What is this guy and what is the story, the legend behind the block man? Uh, he's the one that keeps the pace and he's the one or sets the pace rather. And uh, he's the one, you know, Customer comes through the line and it's uh, I want a pound of this, pound of that, or I want a beef sandwich, or I want rib basket, or whatever. So he's the one that uh, he's he's the first guy that they they tell what they want, you know. And then from there, he disperses the information, and then you get rocking and rolling, and you get that customer through. Now, are you in? We're gonna. I keep saying we're gonna get to that because there's so much to talk about. But in your perspective as a young man, there, you're talking about when you were 12 or 14 years old. This process, all the way up to 18, I was in that. So you were 18. You were there. So this guy was kind of like the dude. I mean, if you were the chopping block guy, you were the one kind of running the show. Yeah, and there was a few of the dudes, you know, the fell fell in there. My father, some uncles, uh, some of the guys that worked for my family. So you you learn learn from everybody on how they do things, their, their process, and you just kind of take, well, I can do that, I can't do that, but I can do that. With sure. Them. So you just kind of build your own way of doing things. Along that process, did you start working towards, okay, I want to learn how to season, I want to learn how to rub the briskets down, uh, you know, what's the process, how long do they go in the pit, and what's the temperature, and all yeah, those Yeah, it was one of those things, things too, you, I would just, again, I paid attention to what, just like washing dishes, you just paid attention to everything. Yeah. So where the fryers were, you just walk to the back and the pit room was right there. So you can see what he's doing. So during when it was not busy, you could walk back there and usually that's when it happened. So yeah. around uh, two, three, four o'clock, something like that, the brisket start going in. What time did you start the, that's what time you started the meet? Was it yes. two, in, two in the afternoon? Is that mm-hmm. for the next day? That's for Does the next, it go all night long? That's for the next day. Wow, that's yeah, awesome. They'll go in there and uh, we call it flipping the cows. Okay. And come about 8.30, nine o'clock or something like that, someone will go back there and they'll flip them, they'll put them on sheet pans and put them back in the pit. And then they just They'll throw some logs in, slow stoke and steady it, the rest of the way. Let them let them roll. And then do you remember when you and I first worked our first deal together? You had your big barbecue trailer. Yes, we did that deal yeah, down got, in Alvin. Oh, you still got that yeah. one. Right, well, we were smoking some pits on that one right there. <laughs> that was a that was a good time too. Uh, I always wondered because you know back then when you and I talked, I really didn't know all this history about you, where that came from. But you knew your stuff, and you even had a block out there on the trailer. I remember yeah. you were the man cutting the, all yeah. the brisket up. For that that, was, one, deal, that was one of the original blocks from the restaurant. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Oh wow, that's awesome. So I guess at some point along the way, you kind of spied that position and said, at some point, I want to be that guy. Well, yes, yeah. yes, yes, and no. Yes and no. It, it kind of became um, 
That uh, seems like, like a like hazard talk, duty job almost. It, it is, and it's it's a lot of work. I remember helping my cousin Michael at another restaurant he had in in, uh, in Clute, and I worked the block. And it, it is it's it is very stressful. It very it is fast paced um, when you get a, a, when you get a big rush. Yes, you know, sir. People yes, don't sir. understand the term in the weeds, but. You know, a restaurant gets in the weeds. That's just an easy term for saying, hey, we are behind. We just got our butt handed to us. Yeah. You know, 10 people just hit the front door and they're all ready to order. Yeah. And do you have somebody in that environment that was then pulling the meat? And I'm guessing you did more than just brisket, huh? Oh, yeah. We did ribs and sausage and smoked turkey and pulled pork the whole and deal. ham and all that good stuff. That's awesome. I'm and getting like, so those... hungry. Oh, it's yeah. breakfast, Sorry. but I want barbecue breakfast. Sorry. Uh, maybe next time I'll come on and we'll, yeah, once we get open and I'll bring, I'll bring a whole brisket for you. We'll just put you it know? up in front of the camera and let everybody's yeah. mouth water for it. Yeah, but one of those things as far as like what I kind of wanted to go into, um, when I talk about my mom, so at some point, uh, yeah, I saw the block man. I was like, man, that's a lot. I could do that. When we were slow, I'd work it. But I kind of went around and I, or I started working the middle. So, okay. so you got your, your fryer, block man, the middle, the cashier, and the drink person, right? Right. But the guy in the middle... This right here is where it's fast-paced because you are doing all the sides. You're doing all the to-goes. You're bagging stuff. The guy's down there cutting meat. I get it. But this guy's making potatoes. He's doing soup. He's making salad. He's, there's a lot going on there. And that's, for me, I like that the most when it's just nonstop. It's nonstop. I keeps love it. it. Keeps it going. Yeah. Burns down the clock. Oh, yeah. I remember that's working awesome. down there with my mom. And and this is kind of where this whole thing of wanting to more or less the customer service piece. Yeah. She was the one that she, that's the, relationship that, that's the piece. last person, that was the last person that the customer saw. Yeah. And my mom, you know, she's the sweetest thing in the world. You know, she that, loved on them, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, she sure did. That's awesome. She sure did. And I so bet you had of, a, a whole history there of people that came in by name, knew each other oh yeah. by name. Oh yeah. That's such an important thing in restaurants too. And I think, uh, you know, obviously you can't do that when you're massive and you're big scale, maybe a mm-hmm. corporate or a chain kind of restaurant. It would take a really special manager with some consistent guests to be able to have that relationship. But in the case of your restaurant coming up, and so many of my guests in their small little intimate restaurants, that's such a personal piece. That's an important factor for at least for me when I go into a restaurant, especially one that I've been, you know, visiting for a consistent amount of time, and I've I've invested a serious amount of money in food and drink at that restaurant. It always makes you feel better when there's that personal touch, when they know you, they recognize you. Would you like, you're here for your normal kind of thing. And I guarantee that happened with your mom, Oh, yeah, and my dad, my dad too. I mean, all of them, all the brothers, because they just, they just knew. Yeah. They just remembered, and they, they, that's where they put, that's where all that love came from, man. That, that's, uh, and that's just, it just went down to us as kids and we that's how we grew up and, yeah. and, and learning from that and seeing that well that's what we're supposed to do it's an incredible memory when that kind of a physical experience and uh, i guess a lot of people maybe can uh, understand what i'm saying by this but every time i smell barbecue or even just smell that the smoke from an open fire yeah it just gives you that good <laughs> feeling at least for me it does you know, i agree it, it can it can connect things from Camping, Boy Scout camping to parental camping, fishing trips to barbecue, the whole thing, just that smell, it automatically gives you that comfort feeling. Every time. And, you know, we may have jumped too far ahead here because you had given me a note here on a story. We started talking before the show, and a lot of times all these stories start rolling, and I'm like, yes, that's great. We want to talk about that. But you said to remind you about a baby in a banana box. Yes. Well, when I was a kid, you know, there's no babysitters, you know, and they're working 10, 12, 13 hours a day, and where do I put this baby? And Oh, mom stuck me in a banana box underneath the cash register, and that's where I kind of hung out. That was you. You were there. You know? And more, I bet you anything, my sister was there at the restaurant working too. Oh, that's awesome. At some point, you know. You were getting the smell of smoke before you even knew what it was. So basically, I kind of grew up, and then I got uh, sent to my aunt's house to be babysat. And at some point, I was like, I'm tired of being babysat. I want to go to work. Come on, let's go to the restaurant. Yeah, and that's where I'm. Tell us about that restaurant. What, how many seats? Where was it at? All that uh, kind of thing. This one is off right now. It's uh, Wilcrest and 59. It's still there today? It's still there. Oh, fantastic. And it's, it's Hickory Barn Barbecue as well. That's Okay, the one. fantastic. I didn't that, realize that. That one's been there for 40 plus. 40 Easy. plus years. Easy. So that that is just like history right yeah, there. That's the that's number nine. Number Cause, nine? Because so, wow. so far since 1953, there's been nine restaurants. That's fantastic. And so the new Hickory Barn in Richmond, that'll be number 10. That's awesome. But one that's current is the last one, so it's uh it's sad to, to know that, but at the same time, you know, we're we're, we're going to grow. And that's we're, really we're gonna, cool. We're going to make it happen again and make our uncles proud because we got one uncle left. Okay. And uh, we want to make sure that 
So you were talking too about um, the guy in the middle now, and the fry station's kind of self-explanatory, but along with good barbecue, you've got to have some sides. So let's talk about barbecue and sides. What is, describe that. What in your mind is a good barbecue restaurant? What's a good barbecue plate? Somebody's going to come and say, this restaurant's squared away because they have... Brisket, ribs, sausage, potatoes out of beans. (laughs) <laughs> straightforward <laughs> but you know what potato salad in and of itself it's kind of like we talked a few weeks ago we talked about chili you yeah. know everybody has an opinion on chili beans oh, yeah. no beans all that of course right. texas there's no beans we got that don't don't give me any hate mail <laughs> but in in barbecue land when you talk about that you, you know to me there's two things that aside from the barbecue and the sauce itself mm-hmm. is going to be your potato salad and your coleslaw and I think people really are divided about that. Like, yeah. what do you what are your thoughts? I'll take what all do you three. Like? I know you take all Come three. We, are we talking sweet or savory coleslaw? Are we talking yellow mustard uh, kind of potato do, salad? We do a, uh, a a mustard yellow potato salad. Now, for us, again, we make everything scratch. So it's um, even. There's even times we'll use the baked potatoes because we only use the baked potatoes for so long when they're in the warmer. Sure. So we'll take them, we'll unwrap them, we'll cool them, and then we'll give them to Jesse, who is our guy that pretty much makes everything. Gotcha. And then he's back there boiling more potatoes, and so he's back there. Remember that little handle? You yeah, we talk about French that. Fries, French fry press. That's what he used to cut the potatoes, you know. And then he just started mix, mixing everything and pops that's in awesome. the cooler. And because you can tell a, a store bought kind of potato salad from a fresh. I don't oh, know absolutely. If you know, like a little, it's almost like grainy. Mm-hmm. Something in it. You're just that's just not, yeah, not right. Yeah, that's not right. Yeah. And so um, on my side of the table, if I'm talking about potato salad, I like almost a little on the mayonnaise more side right. than the mustard side. But it, it just, it's kind of fun because it, it's one of those things that doesn't matter which barbecue restaurant you go in, you're just going to compare. If you like barbecue uh, yeah. and you like food, oh, yeah. you're going to critique it. You're going to check it out. Especially as chefs. You're going to go in Absolutely. there and you're look around. It's and... hard to not do that, you know? Yeah. And I have to admit, one of the first things I do, and my wife, it's just not, it's kind of a mute point now. She used to give me a hard time <laughs> about it. But when I walk in, you know, obviously I'm looking for the cleanliness of the restaurant, yeah. but I got to check out the bathroom. Like, to me, I don't know why, but it, that's a sign to me. If exactly. They can, if I was they talking can, about my cousin about that last night, too. If they can keep the bathroom <laughs> clean, I'm probably okay on the rest of yeah. it. But uh, th- tell me about that. Your perspective as a chef, you're comparing notes. I'm sure you were planning as you get ready for it. And by the way, folks, if you're just tuning in, uh, I've got this great friend of mine, a good chef here in the studio today, Chef Ben Kitty. And uh, we're talking about Hickory Barn Barbecue. Uh, newest location of Hickory Barn Barbecue going to be opening in Richmond, Texas, coming up real soon. What's the launch date? Do you have a proposed well, launch date yet? Or even a um, sort of a window? I was talking to my cousin last night over the phone, and his goal is January 25th. Mm-hmm. That's his goal. So um, we're shooting for it. So put, everybody this, keep their ears open and their yeah. their smeller working, yeah, and when the, the barbecue goal. smoke starts hitting the air, you'll but, know but it. Well, of course, with processes like this, you know, things happen. And sure. You had push back. It's been pushed back for a while. Just something happens. Okay, well, we'll wait again. But all again, the city that, municipalities, just, you got to yeah. go through all that stuff yeah. too. But so but the, the the barbecue uh, side of things, we we kind of covered. Briskets are, are, I guess, the sweet spot within within what you do. Mm-hmm. House made seasoning. You had told me that earlier. We were talking about the fact you were developing your own seasonings and all. Potato salads and sides, all of that stuff comes into play. Where did that lead you? And I, I guess in our conversation earlier. Obviously, you got the love for food. You got this desire for flavors and profiles. I think a lot of times people maybe have a misconception that barbecue is just kind of a laid-back cook thing. It's not really for chefs, but there's a real science behind this. And you actually went to culinary school. We were talking about that a little bit earlier. You graduated from Alvin Community College, right? Mm-hmm. Talk right. to us a little bit about that. How does all that play in together as we're taking this sort of this trip, this story to what people are going to expect when they come to the restaurant? Well, I guess as far as like going to culinary school, it was um, <clears throat> I told myself after high school, I'm never going back to school again. Yeah. But I got to a point in my life is like I need to I need to do something with my life. Right. You know, quit being a bum. Right. Right. <laughs> And uh, I remember my best friend, he brought me the application for school. And I remember it set, I had a Suburban. I remember it set on that dashboard for, I can't tell you how long, until I actually filled it out and took it in. But, um, and I was, I was probably 24, 25 when I went, finally went to college, yeah. you know. And it was just something, just have it under my belt, you know, just to have it. Did you go okay. initially thinking you would go culinary or just general studies of some kind? Culinary. So, so you did. Oh, so yeah. you knew, you connected the dots and oh, said, yeah. okay. If I ever want to do this on my own, I'm going to go get the education. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, even the day I remember telling myself, I'm going to be a chef just like my father. Because I remember sitting at the, 
I, mean, I got a lot of stories, man. Just all these things coming back and sitting there at the end of the table. He's sitting right there and he's eating a bowl of cereal, cornflakes <laughs> with probably some bananas in it or something like that. And he was wearing white. I was like, I'm gonna be a chef just like my dad. I didn't know what he was doing. I didn't yeah. know what was going on. That was probably I don't know eight nine years old something like that. But it was cool. But I just in my head it was like he's a chef. I want to be a chef like my father. That's cool. You know. And then here we go. You know, it's just one of those things and. I think for a lot of us, it comes from down deep early on somewhere. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, didn't have, uh, I, I didn't have that connection to my love of food, let alone my love for cooking food for others, until much later in life. You know, it came out of necessity through another business that I was doing, and mm-hmm. it just became sort of a way in, a marketing tool, I've said before, to other opportunities. But all of a sudden, it opened that key where I think we all, as chefs we kind of have that aha moment and some of us i guess some folks in the industry this is what's been given to you and you you use the talents and the skills the traits that you have and you go for it others of us have been more prone to be maybe a higher-end chef or you know maybe a a french sort of leaning towards that direction french etiquette or italian or whatever it may be but the bottom line is it all comes from that aha moment and that passion for food that love for food i think it's cool that barbecue connects such a deep southern route a texas space route yeah. that that connection goes really far and i think it's, it's more than just food too it's people it's people it's you know? always about I, mean, I love i mean i absolutely love sitting and just watching people eat, eat the food that i made and right like, man this is so good and like i know you know <laughs> but that just it just makes you feel good because you're 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 reaching people you're reaching their guts man they're, yeah. in their hearts like man this is just delicious yeah. food and you see the joy on their face and they're just having a good time with their families and and, and you're just taking care of them at the same time. You're not going to get you anything else. You yep. want some more Dr. Pepper. What do you want? You know, what can I do for you? Yep. And that's pretty much another piece of this whole process is uh, that, that's one of the, the parts I really, really love is that customer service piece, too. Building those relationships. That's right. Yeah, building that. To, you know, the, the fact of the matter is what's <clears throat> kind of cool about it, too. You think about how long these other restaurants that your family has had have been in business. Think about how many generations of parents and children and parents and children have been in and out those doors all these years. Yeah. And you're carrying on that legacy and beginning a new stage of new faces, yep. new parents, new kids carrying on and coming through the restaurant as well. Yep. So cool. what was culinary school like for you? Was that just sort of a, hey, I was ready for it. I walked in. I was kind of already squared away from being in my folks' restaurant. Or talk, um, talk to us about that. Maybe a that. little bit of both. Because I think a lot of people are thinking about what do I do now? It's 2019. I've got goals. I need to get an education. Maybe I want to start a new career. Um, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, learn a trade. Learn a trade. I don't care if it's a welding, it's art or plumbing. Learn a trade. You know, everyone's got to eat. You yep. know, people always want something welded together. You know, yeah. Just find you a good trade and, and and hone it and just make it kind of uh, make it your love, man. Because it's, once you have love for that, I, I think I always use the term become a student of the industry. You yeah. know, be, become a student of your craft and exactly. try to find a way to be the best at it that you can. Exactly right. We jokingly have said with every guest on the show. You have to be a craftsman. You have to be a tradesman or tradeswoman, excuse me, men or woman, man or woman. But if you are the chef or you are the manager, in this case, you're going to be chef manager of this restaurant. You literally have to be a little bit of everything to everybody. Am I right? That's right. I can guarantee that growing up in that restaurant, you saw dad or uncle down on their hands and knees fixing the plumbing. You were taking out trash. Before that, you were doing the yard. You were cleaning the yard. It's a matter it of absolutely whatever, whatever it, takes. it takes. Margins are so small. We talk about that as well. Margins are small. So I always want to encourage our listeners when they go to a restaurant, don't be so quick to judge based on the price. Look at the value of the food. Think yeah. about what you've heard on the show. Think about the chefs that you've met and their family stories. A lot goes into putting that meal on the plate. Yeah. And I would say, and maybe I'm stretching, but I would say that most of the chefs that I have met have a genuine desire to put the best food Mm-hmm. the most quality quantity food for the price that they can. And margins are small. You're learning that. You learn that at the camp, trying to make yep. the food go for 1,500 kids. Yep. Now you're talking about, you know, how many pounds of barbecue does it actually take to feed the average person? Well, those pits you know, hold 1,800 pounds of meat, so we should be okay. You should be okay. We should be all right. Those pits are pretty cool, yeah. man. I watched those come in on the Facebook. You were showing you pictures of Put a little card in one of them things. Yeah, you actually had to have a, like a hole cut in the side <laughs> of the wall where they were putting those yeah. things into the those restaurant. The big, those, are the, those are the big ones that, you know, Papa's at the music. Those yeah. are the big boys. Yeah, they're serious with these. Yeah. That brings me to another question. Um, 
on the barbecue in and of itself, the nature of the science of the barbecue, you know, everybody has an opinion. We talked about potato salad, coleslaw, barbecue sauce. What about the wood that you're using? Is that a secret? Is that a family secret? Or, oh, no. or you got an opinion? Hickory. Hickory, hickory. Barn, hickory barn barbecue. Straight up hickory. Yeah. Just up. like the name implies. I guess it's one of those things where I've seen other barbecue done with the different with other woods, like oak. Oak just kind of throws off a darker smoke. Yeah. And the bark is a lot darker, so then, then your meat's darker. You know, so for me, I'm like a, I like dark, but I don't want, you know, do dark. Just Crust. Kind of a dark kind of golden brownish. You can yeah. still see some brownish going off in there, you know. I'm, I'm definitely not of the flavor profile of liking the char. I don't care for the actual no. char like on the, the outside. Burn ends. Of it. You know, that's in and of itself. Do you guys serve that as a separate side, burn ends? I don't. The only thing we would do with that, with that little tip, is we'll cut it off and we'll chop it up and we'll put it for our chopped beef. I got you. And does, do you put any of your beef in your beans, in your barbecue beans? I don't know, sir. No, not no, in that sir. one. No. I've seen that done before, too. That's pretty cool. But as long as the the, the actual burnt in doesn't overpower the flavor of the beans, because for me, I'm a big brown sugar, yeah. you know, yellow mustard, got that little bit of tang to them. I like that traditional Tables style. And and all that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. So we were talking about hickory in the smoker in the pits. Mm-hmm. And then seasoning, you guys have developed a, your own house rub. I'm not even going to bother to ask you what that is. I know that's a secret <laughs> <laughs> all the way around. But you're also doing your sausage and you're doing uh, turkey. You said smoked turkey and mm-hmm. chicken. Do you do chicken there? Uh, we're actually we're going to do smoked chicken like we've always done at the restaurant. But we want to do something different to where it's more of a, a grilled style. Because we get a lot of people asking uh, That's nice for the grilled, for their salads. Or if they want a grilled chicken on a baked potato or something so like that. So you're going to have that option. Uh, of yes. Physically, you're going to have a grill yes. there for doing that kind of yes. product. Yes. We're going well. to think about us is we're going to keep it pretty classic. Right. You know, your, your classic barbecue menu. But I'm going to cool. come in and try to just shake things up with some different things. So over time, we're going to introduce something new. Say, smoked chicken wing. What do you think? All right. Well, that sounds good. We're going to take a quick break. I've run out of time for this segment. When we get back, we're going to keep talking with Chef Ben and talk about classic barbecue at the new restaurant. All right. Brantley Still is executive chef of Bayou City Event Center, the perfect venue for your next event. Learn more at BayouCityEventCenter.com. More great food to talk about next on Still Hungry with Chef Brantley Still. Hey, you love food? We love food? Let's talk about food. For example, if he had food in his mouth when someone talked to him, he always took time to chew the food with his mouth closed and swallow before he answered. Back to the show, Still Hungry with Chef Brantley Still of Bayou City Event Center, Houston's largest privately owned event center with over 53,000 square feet of covered, customizable event space. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Bayou City Event Center. All right, welcome back to the studio. Hey, in the studio today, you're listening to Still Hungry, and today we've got a great friend and fellow chef, Chef Ben Kitty from Hickory Barn Barbecue. Uh, Hickory Barn Barbecue, new location, going to be opening very soon, so stay tuned. They're going to be located at 1836 FM 359. That's Richmond, Texas, 77469. Just watch for Hickory Barn Barbecue. You can watch Facebook um, under Chef Ben Kitty. He's going to be posting some stuff coming up on that. Hey, I want to let you know, uh, you know, this show is designed for you guys, for all of y'all listening, the local audience who is hungry for great food, for an inside story about the local chefs that bring you that food, the family and friends that may be the owners or proprietors of a great bar or restaurant. But listen, we need to hear from you. Do me a big favor. Shoot us an email. Our email address is foodtalk at stillhungryradio.com. Foodtalk at stillhungryradio.com. Shoot us an email. Let us know if you like what we're doing, if I said something wrong or screwed it up, or if you like what we're doing and you have a suggestion for the show. Bottom line is we just want to hear from you. We want to take this show in the direction that you as our listeners want to hear it go. So thanks for tuning in today. Uh, when we left for the break, I'm sorry I ran a little short there. When we left for the break, we were talking about doing things a little new and a little different with Chef Ben and the new upcoming restaurant. We were talking about, Ben, you were talking about having a grill in the restaurant as well. Being able to offer some things that way. Uh, talk to us about that. What's that going to be like? Well, I mean, like I said, it was, uh, you go to a barbecue place, it's, you know, pretty, let's say basic, you know, but you get your brisket and ribs and all that jazz. But uh, the goal for us is to also make the place a fun place to go. Sure. Not just to go, sit, eat, and leave. You know, you come in, enjoy your family, enjoy your time. 
Um, so I'm trying to, we're going to implement probably a, a good pulled pork for pulled pork sandwiches. That'd be I'm, awesome. I'm thinking of even doing like this later on down the road, but those, like a party platter of just like a hundred wings and a couple pounds of French fries. So, Hey, I have 10 people coming in to watch the game. We want that. So you're going to have the games. You know, you're going to have TVs. And we're going to have, gonna have TVs. So it's we'll going to be a cold. hangout spot. It's going to oh, be yeah. a great place for people to commune and come yeah. hang out with their friends. Yeah. We're going to have a, we'll have a patio out there. We're going to reach out to hopefully some, some local musicians and maybe have a little, some acoustic stuff happening on Friday, Saturday sure. nights. And just like I said, just a fun place to hang out. And, you know, Is there going to be a beer or wine, alcohol? Be that also going to be beer. Yeah, okay. We're going to have some beer and barbecue. Kind of goes together in to, Texas, man. right? That's it. We're going to have the, the build a bucket. The build a bucket. Build a bucket. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds fun. <laughs> I like the idea of that. That's going to be fantastic. So uh, we were talking a little bit, uh, you know, new and old, and I'm kind of bouncing back and forth here. So thanks for hanging with me. But yeah, sure. I like to tie the, the pictures all together because you had told me a little bit. If you want to talk about something that's routine and over and over and over again in comparison to something new, which is what we were just talking right. about, you and I have both experienced this a little bit in institutional food. You told yeah. me one of your first gigs was with uh, the hospital, right? Which ho- we don't even need to say the hospital. Fair enough. Let's just say a large Houston hospital <laughs> kitchen. So what was that like? I mean, um, I was there for I was there for six months. I was right out of college, and um, well, I needed a job. I needed to start paying bills you know so I, I go in and and it just six months man it just wasn't for me it's a different it was, environment yeah, it really it, it, is. It is you got to and you have to be careful with everything because you're dealing with sick people yeah with little kids and, and older folks and so you have to be careful with that food and make sure everything is, is perfect you know? it definitely takes a, a chef or a cook who's wired for that kind of thing yeah and you know god bless them there's got to be a there's, you have to be you have to like the monotony of doing things yeah. very specific, yeah. you know. You're, you're weighing out everything and putting a little dome on it. Like, yeah, just, all the protective you know, stuff that has to yeah. happen, the no, the low sodium, the no sodium. Yeah. the should like wear like a oh, hazmat suit or something yeah. and the next year <laughs> 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 Definitely. perfect. All of that stuff. So, no, I, I can totally understand that. So that's that was a great life lesson. It gave you an option. Yeah. And I guess I say that for people that are looking at maybe getting into the culinary yeah. industry. They want to be a chef. There's all kinds of avenues you can go oh definitely from people like pat you know and his wife that run their their private catering company Mm -hmm. to executive chefs or private chefs corporate chefs you know i did that gig for four years with Mm -hmm. the big oil company and even even in that institutional kind of food at least i had the parameters of it being an international kitchen so i got exposure to all different kinds of cuisines and different Mm -hmm. flavor profiles it's just awesome, though, that something that is so grounded in Texas and been grounded in your family, mm-hmm. you've been able to go out and experience this. You and I ran into each other years ago as well. We both had a little jaunt uh, with a large local grocery store chain here, HEB. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of us in the cooking connection, which was kind of a cool little exposure oh, yeah. for a while. Best spot it, in the house. It, it, well, it's the best spot in the house for sure. Yeah. It was an interesting experience. You were there for how long? I was with the company for 11 years. So you did the cooking connection. You stepped up through the ranks there. And for folks who don't know, that's that's basically a chef on show yeah. all day long. Yes, sir. Um, and you're trying to take quality products that the local vendors from HEB are providing and create menus and meals that are family friendly, right. like easy. Hey, what yeah. do I cook tonight? Yeah, you're, when I get... really, you're trying to help that, that mom with the kids. And... Absolutely. Yeah, I get it. You it goes know, back to the relationship thing that exactly. you're talking about. I yeah. see why, you know, having known your story now, I know why that was such a good fit for yeah. you. And for me, of course, I enjoy just being behind the microphone and kind of being doing the show, if you mm-hmm. will, out there. We did some cooking classes and tastings yep. and all that kind of stuff. So that was getting me ready for some of the presentation side of what I do now. Right. Um, but uh, the same situation there, it just wasn't quite enough. And I guess I'm, I'm going to say this tongue in cheek, but I was still hungry. Yeah. You know, I was hungry to learn more. I was hungry to experience more. But that was a great stepping stone. Would you agree for yourself? That was absolutely. It was. Uh, you go in there, you learn. Uh, you learn customer service skills, just talking to people. Because I'm not. If you put me in a room with ten or fifteen people and you want me to speak. I'm going to clam up, you know, but you, for some reason, yeah, put the mic on up there and yeah. man, I'm, I'm starting to embarrass myself, embarrassing customers and just having a good time with them. Right. Just stick me in a room with 10 people. I'm, I'm done. I think, doesn't it come back to the fun of food? Actually? It does. I mean, because you've got people that are standing there that are actually foodies at heart, but they're Mm -hmm. seeing you as the chef, just kind of like you saw your dad. Hey, I want to do that. And these people are looking at you going, that is so cool. So I can like literally take 
XYZ ingredients, and it's this simple, really, and you're, yeah. you're handing them the recipe card, and they're excited to go home and fix something right. new for their family. And they come back to you, too. Like, they man, do. I, hey, I made that, and my family just loved it. And that makes you feel good. Absolutely. Really, and it just makes you want to just continue to, to keep on going. I love the fact that you can uh, kind of combine that same philosophy, if you will, with the personal side we were talking about earlier with the restaurant, mm-hmm. is that, um, you know, I've had experiences that not too long ago, one of our guests, a, a local burger joint, um, my wife and I were there having dinner, and I t- have told this story a couple times now, but it was just impactful to me because I saw the demographic of the people that were coming mm-hmm. from the youngsters that were there, the kiddos, to sort of the young adults that were hanging out enjoying the bar to a much older crowd, a, a couple with, who brought a couple. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing about it was is I kind of overheard the conversations, and that older couple was saying, yeah, this is our place. We come here all the time. We'd yeah. love it. We were so excited to bring you here. Yeah. That connection of people and joy of food, it makes ownership. They they almost feel like they come in and they go, this is our restaurant. We want to share our restaurant with yeah. you, our friends. And that's what I've been doing Like online. I go to Facebook and I've joined the Pecan Grove uh, Neighborhood Community on Facebook. Ooh. That's the community that the barbecue restaurant's in. There you go. So we went ahead and my cousin Michael and I went ahead and just added ourselves. And, and so we'll go in there and we'll update. We'll put pictures of the barbecue pits and let them know, hey, we are excited to be in your community. We're excited to be able to serve you. We got sure. this coming, and it just and it gets them excited too. You know that something. And I have no them. doubt that at some point your company, your barbecue restaurant, will be involved with community activities. You yeah. and I experience community activities through HEB, yeah, and I experience them through my current job absolutely. and others. I think that's an important part. Is for the if the community is going to come and it basically invest in you and come and have food at your place, mm-hmm. that give back, that takeaway of what is the restaurant doing with the community right. for the community. That's again part of an outreach to you. And I know you're a, a faith-based man and this you feel like this is kind of the direction God's laid all this out for you and in, in your life and in your business. So that has to be fulfilling for you to feel like you're getting yeah. ready, getting able to carry that on forward. Exactly. Exactly. You going into going into all this with the whole hurricane thing and you know, some people probably won't agree, but thank God for the hurricane because I wouldn't have moved home. So you, you were know, out of town or out of state? I was living in Central Texas, working so for So you were HEB running the HEB there. After the hurricane, um, came I came home. home on a Friday, stayed for a week. The day I had to leave was I left my mom and my sister in the middle of demoing the house. So you were rescuing mom yeah. after the storm? Yeah. Okay. And went back and to work. And had to go back to work. And I just couldn't function. I, just, yeah. I was like, I, just, I need to make a decision. Either I need to get transferred or I need to go ahead and just take the leap and just go. So I just left and I put my two weeks and I was gone October 31st and moved on home. And then when I came home, it was mom's house priority. So boom, here we go. Start demoing. Let's start fixing. We start, And then we got close where it was, all right, we're good. We, we can yeah. get there. And now what do I do? And so this was the thing where I was like, all right, well, I got that smoker right there. Let's utilize it. And you told me earlier you were actually this process started where before your cousin called you back and said, Hey, let's do this restaurant thing. Yeah. You were doing your own thing, right? Yeah. You and, were I, and, he was already, and yeah, he was already in the process of that, which is crazy. So I was like, so you know what? I'm all the s- puzzle pieces started coming yeah. together after the storm. Yeah. So you were already smoking your own briskets. You've done that for a long time, oh, yeah. but you were smoking your own briskets. Mm-hmm. And then what happened from there? Uh, well, I started smoking the briskets. I started uh freezer packing them and just popping in the freezer and just posted out there. Hey, uh, if you need something, I started bottling the sauce. I got my sister to help me because she has her recipe, and I've got mine. So we kind of collaborated on what we what do we do here. Cool. Uh, so we would make and put it in mason jars, can it. Uh, what was thing. it called? Uh, well, it was actually called Kitty's Classics. Kitty's Classics. Kitty's I love Class. it. So I built a Facebook page, and I was like, "Hey, let's have this," and uh, started packing the seasoning and just trying to just hustle. Yeah, just hustling. I mean, the trying, trying to make yeah, just trying brother, to make something you. happen. You know, trying to keep me busy. And all of a sudden, here comes my cousin. He gives me a holler, and he's like, hey, I'm going to open a restaurant in Richmond. He goes, you want to help? I said, well, yeah. Of course. <laughs> what kind of question is that? And so, and that's where it went, man. And I went over there and visited him at the at the building, and it's actually an old Burger King, and we gutted it, and I helped him pull all the equipment out. And and it's just been one thing after another, man. And like well, I said, was that some of the equipment I saw for sale on Facebook? <laughs> um, oh, no, that's actually at the camp. Oh, that's, yeah, okay. that's at the camp. Uh, the camp tied in about the same timing as well, Absolutely. going through their season, needing needing yeah. you back to help in the yeah, kitchen I again. I did not go, I did not tell them I was working summer camp until five days before camp started. They didn't oh have gosh. anybody. Wow. And I was like, I don't know because I got this restaurant. What perfect timing. And it was, like I said, it was when we, our prior conversation before we started today was um, how all, this, all these things happened. And so they asked me to work. I was like, I can't. I've got a restaurant to open. Yeah. And I was like, and it got pushed. I said, I can't. Well, maybe, maybe now. Maybe now. And then it really got pushed back. I was like, well, 
Uh, Everything whole, happens for a reason, right? Yeah, and that, and that one right there was a whole a total uh, God thing right there. It was basically I went to church one day and it was uh, he was preaching about something, and then at the end of it, I was like, I'm supposed to work in camp. Yep. He was just speaking about tables and chairs. Oh, okay. And, uh, and I won't <laughs> that go was into that, but it's, it's um, all fixed. And so at the end, I'm like, tables and chairs, tables and chairs. It's the camp. Sounds like the you know? cafeteria of the camp. Exactly. Then. And so I called Shauna and Lena. Said, "Hey, I guess you, you guys are going to see me Friday." Awesome. And they were worked, thrilled. Yeah, worked uh, worked summer camp. Chef's and then back. It's uh, Christmas train. I was like, "Well, I, I probably restaurant's going to happen." And then yeah. that got pushed back. And then yeah. they needed help with Christmas train. So it's just That's one thing awesome, after dude. another, man. That I just I couldn't make it up. So what a cool story, though, to come from a kid who's 12 or 14, and even before that, sleeping in a banana box underneath the cash register, <laughs> growing, up in a, growing up in a family of smoke, a, a barbecue-loving family, giving back to the community, running the family restaurant. You've grown up. You've gone through the trials and tribulations of the whole teenage life. Mm-hmm. What do I want to be when I grow up? Now I want to go to college. It's time to do something with myself. You go to Albin Community College, you get your culinary degree, and boom, 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 the doors start opening. And it takes a lot of the work, the blood, sweat, and tears that went into the commitment of staying with those gigs, doing the dirty jobs, doing the hard work, working your way up. And here you are getting ready to launch and open a restaurant, a fantastic restaurant, Hickory Barn Barbecue. Hickory Barn Barbecue is going to be open in Richmond, Texas. We've had the pleasure today, and Ben, I'm sorry our time is running out, but we've had the pleasure today of talking to Chef Ben Kitty, Hickory Barn Barbecue, 1836 FM uh, 359 in Richmond, Texas. Stay tuned. Keep your eyes and ears open for that. You can check out Facebook. Just... um, I'm, is it all right if I just tell them to just look for you up on yeah, Facebook? Ben Kitty, right? that's fine. Just look for Ben, B-E-N, Kitty, K-I-D-D-Y. He's going to be posting, the, just like he said, those community notes and everything happening, what's going on with the restaurant. That's where I saw those really cool uh, barbecue pits coming and in, if, the if pictures if I'm of mind, that. Um, Saturday, this Saturday, 10 to 4, at the restaurant, we're going to have open interviews. Oh, fantastic. Open interviews at the restaurant this Saturday? Yes, sir. From what time? 10 to 4. 10 to 4. There yes, you sir. go. 10 to 4 at the restaurant, and uh, correct address, then I said it right, right? 1836FM359. Yes, sir. And uh, just run down for everybody what kind of barbecue they can expect again there at the restaurant when it opens. Um, best barbecue in Texas. There we go. <laughs> right off the top. Brisket? Brisket ribs, sausage, smoked turkey, ham, chicken, uh, pulled pork, working on that. We're going to do um, later down sides. the road, a little, some side taste out of green beans, macaroni and cheese, hand-cut french fries. All uh, winter time, we're going to have chili, awesome. soup. It's, it's, Sounds it's fantastic. Be ben, thanks so much for being Absolutely. on the show today. I'm excited to see what you've done, brother. I'm, I'm proud thanks. of you. watched you grow up and change and grow into this professional chef. I'm excited for you. It's a cool future. Guys, thanks again for tuning in. Tune in next week for us. We're going to have another great local chef or restaurant. Just please, I'm, I'm just telling you, we want to know who you want us to talk to. So send us those emails at foodtalk at stillhungryradio.com. And we're going to talk with you again next week, same time, Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10. And then we'll be uh, rebroadcast again on Thursdays at 2 o'clock. Thanks again for tuning in to Vinyl Draft Radio and Still Hungry. If you're a chef, restaurant owner, and you want to be a guest on the show, contact Doug at VinylDraft.com. That's V-I-N-Y-L-D-R-A-U-G-H-T.com. Or call 281-210-4608. This is Still Hungry with Chef Brantley Still. See what we did there? Clever.